0: All right, guys, we got a special guest today on the Hyperfast Agent Show. This guest started in real estate in Oregon at the age of 19. By year two, he had 150 listings. By the age of 24, he started his own brokerage, opened up 17 different offices, and grew that to a business that he sold in 2006. Next, he became a speaker for the National Association of Realtors, became a trainer, wrote several best-selling books, has been on CNN, Tons of radio programs, tons of national media outlets, uh, you know, training and talking and speaking about real estate and the market. And most recently, he got back into the real estate game, became a broker owner, opened up one of the fastest growing, largest brokerages in the state of Oregon. Uh, this year, his company is going to do a billion dollars of sales. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have Mr. Jim Rimley. All right. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks for coming on. I'm super excited to have you today. Before we dig into all the different topics we're going to get into, because you know, with someone with your background, there's a lot we can talk about. Uh, Why don't you give our listeners just the the real quick backstory on on who you are, what you're doing, how you got there, all that good stuff.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Uh, First, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. I got in real estate business when I was 19, so I've been doing it uh, since last year. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I uh, was very fortunate. Second year in the business, I took 150 listings, got listed top 1% of agents nationwide. I I decided to become an owner at 23, so I opened my first brokerage at 23, and we grew that to 17 offices. We're the largest independent brokerage in the state of Oregon. Uh, sold that, got really lucky in 06, right before the downturn began, and uh, spoke for the National Association of Alters for 10 years. And then I've, uh, uh, over the last, uh, most most recent 10 years, I've been running a, a company in Southern Oregon, uh, down uh, the southernmost part of the state, Medford-Ashland. Uh, we got 160 brokers, we're on track to do a billion dollars in sales this year.
0: Wow. I mean, that, yeah. that's that's a, just an amazing ride. Just to, to recap, you started your own... Own, own company became the owner at age twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Yep.
0: <laughs> wow, yes. I mean, that's just amazing that, that you did that at such a young age, and just really shows, I think, the opportunities in real estate. I mean, a lot of people haven't even gotten their first job by that age. Now. <laughs> and, you
1: know, right. Know, it's true. Know,
0: earning the you know owning the entire company. Yeah. Talk to me about that. I'm 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 really interested in like what caused you to do that at at such a young age, and and you
1: know what were the challenges, and, and were you scared? Yeah, all of the above. So I, you know, I'm a guy that's driven by achievement, and it's not necessarily for me about the money, although I want to make a bunch of money too. But for me, just going and kind of making money, 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 I needed something else that was going to be fulfilling on a different level for me. So that's why I decided I wanted to. To open a company and see if I could help other agents kind of replicate what I had done and and try to coach and help other agents to grow. So that's that's kind of where I was coming from. I, I <laughs> but you know, it's it's like what you don't know is what you don't know. I had no idea how hard it would be to open and run a real estate company. Is it? I just thought everybody thought like me, <laughs> and they don't, right? And so I was uh, very naive in. You know how how easy I thought it would be to help agents grow their business. I had to learn that everybody's not me, and I had to coach them in a way that they could be coached to hear what I was trying to say to them. But what uh, I think the biggest challenge for me was I started with me and one other guy and and our assistants, (laughs) so it was two of us staring at each other. Uh, And what I learned really quickly is that I needed to learn how to recruit and retain agents. And really, the only way to recruit agents was Uh, to go out and start having conversations. And what I found was the hardest thing for me in terms of recruiting agents was that I I felt like it was like, what do I say to them to encourage them to come to my office versus where they're at now? And and I had to figure that out. Like why would they come to work for me over someone else? And I finally figured out that it was only one of two reasons was going to motivate them, which is either they're going to make more money (laughs) or I'm going to make their life easier. And I always tried to sell them on both. And if we were successful. I mean, we, were, we ended up being very successful recruiters.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, what, what specific techniques did you, did you use? So I hear the overall strategy, like sell them on, I'll save you time or, or make your life easier. Sell them on making money. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, how were you getting that message out to the agents that were, were joining your firm?
1: So you have to build a culture of excellence, I think, first of all, your own company. People don't join crappy companies, right? (laughs) So they want to join a company that's like movers and shakers and that they feel like there's an excellent culture at. And a lot of times it comes down to they're measuring where they're at against where they might go, which is your company. And so they look at, are they more fun? And in our culture today, we still are heavy recruiters. Uh, we do social nights every single month with our with our crew. We're taking them out. We're, we're having drinks. We're inviting their family uh, and we make family a big part of our organization. So that's a part of it. Right. Is really connecting with them on a personal level, not just a professional level. And then we do the same thing. We we recruit the same way we sell real estate. We recruit by referral. So it's a whole different kind of recruiting. You know most recruiters are just just pounding agents you know on their doorstep at night you know every way from sunday getting the people and really that turns people off it's like you're a vacuum cleaner salesperson or something you're just coming at people way too hard uh, i look at it more like i am treating every realtor as uh, in in the entire mls system as someone that i might want but i might not want and the only way i know is through my agents telling me that i should recruit them so what I say to all my agents is you every time we have a closing, give me I, I give them a sheet and it says, Would you like to work with this person? Would they be a good fit for the company? Do you mind if I give them a call? And they'll fill that out every time. They hand that in to me and then I call them and I say, Hey, I just want to say, you know, Jackie said we had a, you guys had a great transaction over on Third Street. That, that way it's relevant and timely, and there's a, a sense of like purpose to the call. Uh, she said, you know, you, you guys had a tough negotiation on that refrigerator. Congratulations. She got it done. <laughs> Sometimes those things are tough. But uh, the reason for my call is I wanted to see, she recommended that I give you a call and see if we could get together for coffee or lunch and I can tell you what's going on at my company, you know, and see, uh, see where you're at. And most of the time people will say no, <laughs> but you know, about 20% of the time they'll say yes. And it's all timing. You know, you can't just, you just got, it's just like prospecting. You just got to let go of it. And the key with it is longevity. For me, I just recruited an agent uh, last week in my company that I had had called the first time 10 years ago. 10 10 years to get to close with them. You know, sometimes you can close them in a month, sometimes two months, but it can sometimes take a year to get a top producer, like a $50 million producer that's been at their company for 20 years. They're not going to move overnight. You got to stick with them and you got to be the better alternative. So those are some of the things that I do. It's all my referral. They gotta look at you as like, this is the place I wanna be. And what happens is, it's, if it doesn't happen today, what happens is at some point, they get a level of dissatisfaction with their current brokerage. Something will go wrong over here, and the grass will suddenly not be as green. And you're gonna always be green. You're gonna always look like, man, they're on the cutting edge, they're having fun, something's going on over there. And that's, that's 90% of it too, is waiting for the right opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a great strategy, I think, or, or, or technique. I, I really like that one. So you know, I think if, if you're running a team or a brokerage out there, that, that's an easy one to implement. Just every closing, you know, ask yourself if, if you're the transaction or you know doing the transaction, or if it's your agent asks in, like, hey, is this the type of person that you want at your company? And
1: you know, we also we also did uh, closing gifts to other cooperating agents, and closing gifts to a cooperating agent is an interesting technique. It gets sent to the company. <laughs> so they open it at their company. Like, what's this? Oh, I got a bottle of wine. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, yes. That's cool, man. A bottle of wine from these guys. This is great.
0: <laughs> I, I, I bet uh, I bet there were some some owners and, and team leaders
1: that uh, uh, they hate it. Didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> they call me and say, stop doing that. It's okay. I'll stop. Doing that. <laughs> it's all right. Whatever. How about I send you a bottle of wine? Why don't you come over and work for me? You'd be surprised at how many people I recruited at the top level, too. That would see this going on, and they just don't want to compete against it. You know, they just get tired of <laughs> the war. And another great technique too is uh, when you recruit any new person into the company, there's a downline from them, a chain of people behind them that is at their company currently that they just left, that are prime targets. And so I wait about a week and I just douse them, you know, with a lot of attention, which we do at our company anyway. All the the bells and whistles are going to get they're going to see, they're going to be amazed at what we're doing. And then about a week later, I'll say, Hey, are you enjoying the experience? Are you glad you came over? And I'll say, yes, it's amazing. It's fantastic. Say, Hey, do me a favor. You know, there's quite a buzz that you've you've turned up here. Everybody's loving that you've joined us. Is there anybody at your other company that you left that would be a good fit for this company based on what you've seen so far that I can reach out to? And then you, you go back and you call those people at that company and you say, Hey, you know, we just had Jan just joined us and you know, she's loving it over here. And she mentioned that you are a great uh, agent that she loved working with. Any chance we could have coffee? Those are great, great, great warm meetings. Um, and I've had a lot of recruiting success. I've actually closed down companies as a result where I've recruited everyone. out. <laughs> <of the company. laughs>
0: wow. Well, yeah, uh, yeah I, I love it. I mean, a lot, a lot of good advice in there. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, of course. What? You know, you you mentioned uh, culture, extremely important. So when you first started this, it was just you and an assistant and one other person and, you know, grew from there. Um, Yeah. At that size, you know, I think a lot of people can wrap their heads around culture and family. But as you grew to this thing to over 100 people, like how did you maintain that same culture, family, close-knit feeling? Cause that's, it's different doing it for, for five people than, you
1: know, a couple hundred. Yeah. The crazy thing about that is I think it's easier at a bigger scale than a smaller scale, because how many times can I go to, to beers with the same person, you know, every month we're already, we're already best friends. I mean, it's not like we're doing anything special there, but when you get to scale, what we do is we, we try to make the company feel smaller than what it is. Because one of the biggest recruiting complaints we get is you guys are so big. Uh, but when you work at the company, it doesn't feel that way. And the, reason, the way that we make that happen is we do these social nights. That's, that's a key part of it. But we also do other things. We do a, a big event uh, every year. It's our client appreciation event. Uh, last year, we had 1,800 people in attendance. And we had we rented out this entire huge facility. We brought in a live band. We bring in, brought in food trucks. We bring in beer and wine. And uh, what we, we say to every agent is we say, listen, we are going to and let you invite 10 of your best clients and their families, of course. And with no cost to you, it's going to be free to you. And you're going to be the hero. You're going to be inviting these people to this amazing, incredible event. It's special. Not everybody gets in. Only your 10 best clients and that and, and their families. And that creates such a sense of like, I am part of something special. I'm part of something that no one else has. So that's another example of what we do. Another example: What we do is we do a lot of training events where we bring in high-level trainers just for our group. Again, it creates a sense of exclusivity. So we've had, you know, everybody from Jared James out uh, speaking to our group, and we're a small, well, you know, we're kind of a tiny town out here in the middle of nowhere. You know, eighty thousand people, but we're doing a lot of business. So uh, we bring in high-level speakers, and we do what it, what's called a kickoff every year. Kickoff is to kick off the year, kick off the season. Uh, And these events are really team building because they're, they're intense. We don't rely on the MLS or or our franchise, even though we're a member of a great franchise. We make these things localized to our company. We don't make people travel. Uh, We bring bring great content to them. So those are things that we do as well. We also have great staff. Um, One of the things that uh, separates our company is we have 18 full-time staff members for 160 agents, which is, you know, per capita, it's huge. And those staff members do a lot of different things that other companies don't. We have two full-time marketing directors that have degrees in marketing. Uh, So they help, it's like our own in-house marketing team. And we charge for the services. We always try to get cost neutral. So it's not costing our company anything. But but the value add to these people is huge. And they go, wow, I cannot get this at any other company. It feels so special to have this. And I feel so privileged to have this. We also did something a few years ago, which was, I think I was the first comp person to do it in my community. And I, I keep hearing that no one else is still doing it in a lot of communities. And I, I put a technologist into the company and this is a kid that was just super technology orientated and he does nothing all day, but help people with real estate technology in our office, just walks around the office, no charge. Uh, and that's one of the biggest things that's been a great recruiting tool for us is having that technologist. It got it became so popular we hired another one. So we have two technologists now. But those kinds of things, you are really helping agents scale. Is It helps build a culture of excellence.
0: So you're using your scale and, and size then to to give them more service, more make exactly life easier. Mm-hmm. And then you're are you are you mixing in kind of like you know you talked a lot about these bigger events you do and things, but then you touched on it briefly that you, you got like monthly things or are you personally, you know, at a smaller level, like connecting with, with people in just more kind of casual ways or how does that look?
1: Yeah. So on the monthly things, people say, what do you do every month? That's a lot of stuff, you know, to manage. We have an event coordinator, one of our, eight, one of our staff members. So we do like a uh, you know we've done the cart racing we've done course going out to local breweries going out to the baseball game we have a liquid local baseball uh, team here so we'll go out we'll rent a big pavilion there so that's what we do on a on kind of a monthly basis we've done river rafting together and those are all super great team building events and all every single time we do a social night like that that the is invited not just the team member so all the families get to know each other and it becomes very much family-oriented but on a, on a one-off, uh, what we do is every Thursday, I've set aside Thursday afternoons for lunch, I take either a agent to lunch or a group of agents to lunch. And that's me just having personal conversation with people individually and getting to know what's going on in their lives and what's happening with them personally. And that's throughout the course of a year, you can actually do quite a few people. I mean, 52 weeks in a year, and you, you maybe you're working 48 out of those weeks uh, doing that. And I try to do two or three sometimes together. We can do a lot of it, you know, it it does help a lot.
0: Hey, that's a great point. We'll get right back to it. But first, I wanted to talk about a problem that so many real estate agents are facing. In fact, nearly 90% of agents are facing this problem. And that's the problem of going out of business. And then most of the ones that do are still struggling. They're struggling to get the results they want. But look, it doesn't have to be that way. I know because it wasn't that way for me. In my first year in real estate, I sold over $22 million in real estate volume. I wrote about it in my best-selling book, The Hyper Local Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent, but I wanted to do something more for the industry. That's why I created the Hyper Fast Accelerator Program. Now I know what you're thinking, not another coaching program or, and I get it. The problem isn't lack of information. The problem is who to actually trust, who to believe, and most professional coaches never even sold themselves. So whether you're selling 10 homes and wanna get to 20 or you're selling 20 homes and wanna get to 50, we can help, right? We've done it. I've grown my team from 22 million volume to now over 400 million in volume. It's one of the top real estate teams in the country. This is what separates me from most real estate coaches. Like I'm still in the game. What I'm gonna teach you in this program is stuff that's actually working today in my business, All right? What would your life look like if you sold just one more home a month? If that's something you're interested in, if you want to get those types of results, click on the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash hyperfastcoach and sign up for a free discovery call. And look, we don't take anyone and everyone, all right? The problem with most real estate coaches is that they do, right, they try to cater to the masses. So we only take a few people on purpose because we want to provide highly strategic, individualized, personalized service to help you get the type of results you want and achieve your goals. Click on the link below, sign up for a free discovery call, and I'll see you soon. So you're, you're able to cycle through and see most people in a year at that?
1: Most people, most people that wanna see me, there's gotta be some agents that are, you know, lone guys and gals that just don't wanna do it, and that's fine, you know, whatever. Uh, they, they, they're they not into it, but the people that wanna meet with me get to meet with me, for sure.
0: Awesome, well, let's, let's yeah. talk about teaching real estate agents. And, you know, you mentioned it, it sounded like you went out and for a few years had super success on your own. Then you wanted to, you know, create that success for other agents. And, you know, I know from running a, a pretty big team, not quite as big as yours and a number of agents count, but um, you know, there, there's challenges with it. Not everyone thinks like you, not everyone's motivated the same you know, way by, you know, as, as you, and I'm sure someone like you that's doing 150 listings like almost right out the gate you tick a little bit differently than than those <laughs> real estate right. agents so like what were the challenges you know you had when maybe you recruit an agent and they're not hitting the numbers that, that you thought they could or like
1: how did you you know handle that and and, and uh, I've cha- I've changed a lot over the years one of the things i learned over the years is I can't necessarily always hire a reflection of myself Cause I'm like an alpha, you know, we're, we're sharks in the water. We're just going, 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 but not everybody's like that. And it doesn't have to be that everybody's like me, but there is a path to success. And, you know, in sales, the path to success is we have to, you know, lead generate, we have to go on appointments, we have to convert, we have to close, we have to incubate. And, you know, those are, there's some steps there that have to happen. And I don't expect everybody to work like me, but they have to work a, p- a pattern, a system. And so I learned something. I taught a class in uh, Seattle, not Seattle, in uh, Australia for a convention there. Uh, I was speaking there to, to a group of super high-level agents and brokers. And they, uh, I went to dinner with, with the ownership there. And they talked about the difference in Australia versus the difference here in how they approach coaching agents. And it was really eye-opening for me. And it completely transformed how I do, I do coaching with agents and so the way that they operate in Australia, which is interesting, is when you come to work as an agent, you're, you're basically an employee. And all you do every day is you're on the phone making calls. You make 80 to 100 calls a day. And you don't get to go on any of the appointments you set. You're just making phone calls for six months straight. And if you cannot cut that, you're cut from the team. You're out. <laughs> After you get through the first six months, then you become a junior agent there. And as a junior agent, when you set an appointment... You're still making the calls every day for another six months. But as a junior agent, then you get to go on an appointment with a senior agent and you split that deal, right? So once that six months has passed, then you, if you survive that, then you graduate to being a senior agent and you get the benefit of this. those people making calls for you. <laughs> and you're still making your own calls with your sphere of influence. But what it teaches these agents is, you know, you have to make calls and you have to be on the phone. You have to be networking. You have to be doing your job to be successful. So what we do at my company is we do what's called a daily dashboard. And I do this with my coaching students as well. Now, we don't make you do 80 to 100 calls, but we are watching what you're doing. So we do a daily dashboard. And what it is, it's a, it's a worksheet. And they, they, they record every single thing that they're doing through the day. And every week, they send it to me on Friday. And they tell me, here's everything I did for the week. And what we're measuring is... Not outcome, we're not measuring how many appointments you set, how many escrows you created, how many listings you did. We're just measuring what it is that you actually did in terms of work because I know that the outcome will come if you're doing the job, if you're doing the work every day. And so it's been a really interesting way to rethink, you know, how we approach this process. We call it our daily dashboard, and it's been very successful because you got to get people focused on lead generation. You know, everybody wants the shiny object, everybody wants leads handed to them. They're always in search of some Facebook lead generation tool or Instagram lead generation tool. You know, all the young agents are trying to be influencers thinking that's going to, you know, drive success. And the reality is it's one-to-one conversations. Yeah. Uh, You know, it boils down to, you've got to be having conversations. Every single transaction, I tell these agents you're going to ever have in your life will come from a recent conversation. And, you know, the old school is still the new school. Every 30 conversations you have, you'll average one close sale, period. And I don't know, I don't care how those conversations started. The genesis could have been a Facebook lead. It could have been an Instagram lead. It could have been a Zilla lead. But at the end of the day, you got to be having conversations. So that's, you know, the foundation of everything we do is you got to be having conversations every day and setting networking meetings. So that's what's what we
0: is, is that dashboard required of, of all the agents in your company?
1: no only new agents so okay. agents that start with me i, I say this is my your first 90 days every week i want to see this and if i see your you know you're getting off the ground i look at it like an airplane if they're starting to to get traction and they're getting lift in their business i and i see their trajectories are getting off the tarmac after 90 days i'm going to be okay to trust them they can't do it if they if i start to see them cycle down i'll say what's going on let's get you back on the dashboard right and by my experience yeah by new agent,
0: do you, do you mean completely brand new, or just new to your team? Like, with the with the fifty million dollar producer that you took a year to no. recruit, would you?
1: Uh... <laughs> no, I wouldn't make them do that. Okay. Uh, you know because they've already figured it out, right? They're already they're already producing. Um, but you'd be surprised at how many times I will have a fifty million dollar agent come in and do coaching. But that's a whole different level of coaching. And I have some of the best two of the top two agents in uh, my company are doing $60, $70 dollars a year. And uh, they still come to me. I just had them, one of them come to me the other day and said, Jim, I lost on two appointments, two listing appointments, back to back, I lost. And I said, what do you think went wrong? He said, I said, first of all, who'd you lose them to? He said, a brand new agent, both times, brand new agents, less than a year in the business. And I said, when's the last time you updated your listing presentation? And they said, five years ago. <laughs> I said, that's it right there. You got What you got is these millennial agents coming with a tablet. They've got these beautiful presentations and they're destroying you because you're still using a book or something you know right. that's an- antiquated.
0: Like dynamic advertising and all all the new stuff you
1: know high yeah. it's, fa- it's it's fast it's cool and so you got to stay up with the trends you can't uh, you can't rest if you if you haven't changed your business in last year you're probably on the way out
0: well you know speaking of that you know you were in the the industry you know as an owner at an early age then you you sold were on you know teaching and speaking and then you got back into it Mm-hmm. Uh, what was different the second time around? Because I'm sure a lot changed for, for you in that in that time period, and, the, and same with the industry, of course.
1: Yeah, um, what's changed, I think, a lot is you know teams. When I started in the business, there was teams did not exist. Um, so now you have teams that are really dominating the industry in, in many ways, and so it's a whole from a brokerage standpoint, you have to look at it kind of holistically. So if I had my whole, if my whole company consisted of teams, I'd be out of business, right? Cause just, it doesn't financially work with just having a bunch of teams. You might as well just let them go out and have their own brokerages. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's what we did actually. So we,
0: yeah. we were one of the top Keller teams and we, we broke off in 2014 and we have a, a brokerage that's basically for our team now. And you know, right. there you go. 60 people on as agents on the team and, and, uh, yeah, so
1: I've I've definitely seen that that trend increase. Absolutely, I mean, for for a large team, a lot of times that makes total sense to do that. We we have uh, ten teams that work with my with my group of those 160 agents. So it's a, it's a lot of teams, and we had to uh, you have to adapt your business model for a team environment. And a lot of brokerages and a lot of agent owners have not got that mindset. They don't have this mindset like. A part of my my whole brokerage needs to be teams. I mean, it's just going to be the reality of the business. And if I don't have that set up, I, I'm not going to be able to really compete at a high level in the industry because just the way that teams are uh, much more efficient in a lot of ways uh, than uh, individual agents in some cases, but you, you also can't have just all teams. So that was my learning process. I had to say, how am I going to adapt a brokerage structure to having you know, maybe 20, 30% of our, our agents be in a team and the rest be individual agents and team, uh, partnerships and so forth. And that, you know, it was commission structures, uh, looking at that and making it uh, financially work for them and for the company. And also building websites that are team friendly. We, we help agents build just simple things like the communication tools. Like one, we, our, our tech team will help an agent build a one phone number, one email A system for their entire team so that you know when they're going out to talk to clients they can call one number and there's a tree behind it of one email there's a tree behind it so that it gets routed correctly those are the kinds of things that we work we work through with it with teams to help support them that's you know you got to have those things in place for sure
0: what's what's more uh fun for you as 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 the owner like you know getting the the
1: new agents or the solo agents or or bringing on a team like i both I, i for me it's always about i like like to bring in an agent that has been at their company a long time, which is super challenging. <laughs> you know, I've recruited people that have been at, uh, you know, Cola Banker for 28 years, for uh, one of our top competitors, Windermere, for, you know, 30 years. So I, I've done a really good job of breaking people out uh, of their, where they're at, but it takes time. You know, it's time, it's consistency. And it's, it's, it's a slow, slow process, but uh, it can work. it's just like I, I liken it a lot to working with a for sale by owner on the agent side. When you're working with a for sale by owner, if you try to come in there and try to close, like hard close, you're never going to close those people. Um, they're going to bail the other way. But if you come in there and you're just consistently with them over the, fir- over the four to six weeks, you're going to nail them every time. I mean, it's, it, I, I work with hundreds of for sale by owners, and that was something that I really specialized in. And I think it's very similar uh, on that side.
0: That's, yeah, it's, that's an interesting thing that that was like one of the first things that popped in your mind uh, comparing, you know, then versus now is the rise of teams. But, you know, what other trends do you see differently when it comes to like marketing and lead generation? The, of course, the technology and the platforms are a lot different, but like, what are what are the biggest differences, you know? Between so
1: the- I, I think what happened uh over the, even in the 10 years, there's been this whole evolution with online leads. So You know, online leads, even like five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, when there was 5 million transactions happening in the country and they were selling 5 million leads through Zillow and Realtor.com when you added it all up, that was actually a really good deal. I mean, you got a really good high quality client usually, uh, not always, but a lot of times. But now I just saw the latest trend. I had the Realtor.com rep come into my office and pitch us on Realtor.com leads and they self told me this, they kind of reported on themselves that there's 140 million leads that'll be sold to agents this year, still with about 5 million transactions, right? So even in that period of time, in the last seven years, what you've seen is this exponential growth in number of leads, but the quality of leads has kind of gone the exact opposite. They're, they're getting worse, not better. And uh, so th- it's a, a big change. Now what's about to happen is, so we had a lot of agents get lead dependent. On Zillow and I had one of my top my top agents come to me and they were looking at their business model last year and said Jim what do I do I said let's look at your ad spend six thousand dollars a month going on in Zillow leads and I said let's measure this back on the ROI it was a negative ROI there I mean it wasn't working for her I said really what you're becoming is a Zillow employee and you are becoming somebody that works for Zillow and that's what you are in buying leads is a path to expense Uh, you've got to look at how else can I get to leads because what if they cut you off tomorrow? If, and I say this to every coaching student. If Zillow cut you off tomorrow, what's, where's your business? And if they say, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I do, you don't have a business. Zillow owns you, and they can do whatever they want to you. And the same would be true of any online lead system. So you have to say, well, what can I do about it? You get control of your own leads, right? And you know where your business is coming from. Number one way, of course, is your sphere of influence. I mean, no doubt. And it's amazing to me how many top level agents, even people doing 40, 50 million, 60 million dollars in business still don't have control of their database. So that's a big part of my coaching platform is helping them get control of their database. Another agent that I coach up in Washington was, spent, was one of the number one spends for Zillow. And she was 20, 30,000 a month and decided to cut it off and said, I'm, I'm stopping and took all that money, that 20, 30,000 dollars a month she was spending and went to direct mail. Direct mail, by the way, is something that's old school that people should really start thinking about again. Amazon did direct mail last year, which is really interesting. So she took that 20, $30,000 and had like a three X rate of return on her investment over what her Zillow spend was. She got a much, much better return on her investment. And that's where agents stop. they've stopped measuring that because they don't want to know. Um, but the other thing that realtor.com shared with me was that they nationally, there's a negative 32% return on, on, on online leads. So then you say, well, wow. what's... Is that is that yeah. all sources or real... All sources. Is that like yeah. Facebook
0: have everything or...
1: No, no, no. It's just Zillow and Rothschild.com. Okay. So, so negative 32% return on your investment. So when you spend 100, you actually lose 132. <laughs> and
0: yeah.
1: that's the and national average.
0: The, 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 the leads are just that bad or do you think it's because agents don't follow up? And you know, I think a big problem is... You know, they're, they're good at maybe converting the 10 to 20 percent of leads that want to buy now. But if, if that person wants to buy in six months or 12 months, they just they don't have the systems or, or the you know,
1: it. place. You nailed find. it. You I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, they're, they're, every agent wants the now like I'm buying in the next 30 days. And, and what happens is the top teams in the country, um, guys like you, have systems in place where they incubate leads over a long period of time. But those people are operating at a three percent best case scenario. Because I've talked to the, some of the top uh, Zillow lead trainers in the country, and they said best case scenario, best teams in America close at a close rate of about three percent of all the leads. So you get 100 leads, that close three. I mean, that's the that's the average, right? Um, best um, Zillow are, Realtor.com. Yeah, Zillow Realtor.com. That's like the best, like best practices kind of measurement. But but most people aren't that way. I mean, most individual agents that are buying leads are just not that good. So they may go down to a 1% close ratio and they're spending a hundred dollars per lead. You know, it's pretty much, they're going to lose money. No doubt. Right. It just feels good to them that they're having lead, lead flow. But here's what's interesting. Realtor.com. This is happening this year right now. In fact, Zillow's conference was yesterday. One of my agents was down there. Zillow has announced uh, they made this big announcement that they are now going to change their model to being a referral based model. They're not going to sell leads anymore and they are going to go after and just sell they're going to go referral, which is exactly what Realtor.com has already done because we we deal right. with this with Realtor.com. So bottom line is it's going to be with Realtor.com and Zillow between 20 and 35% referral fee. So what they figured out is the money is in actually going deeper into our pockets and taking 35% of every closing out of you. Because they're seeing that the lead bomb has already gone off, that everybody's recognizing these leads are so low quality. Everybody doesn't want to buy them anymore. And all these top agents are bailing out. It's very interesting. So they're they're kind of trending
0: towards that you know model that Realtor.com ad, you know adopted when they bought OpCity City, where they're gonna right. they're gonna maybe incubate it more, have their own team, call it, and then, and then give it to you as a as a warmer lead. But but now you've got to give up a third of the transaction potentially.
1: Yeah, and that what's interesting about that is you're right. They're they're gonna do what they know agents are terrible at, which is consistent follow up and follow through. Um, so they're going to go in there and fix that problem because they know agents are terrible at it. But, you know, they're coming at it from a starting point of 35%. You got to ask yourself, again, where is it going to head? Once they take control of this this, this lane, this follow-up lane, they've got control of leads. Now they're going to expand that to follow-up. What's where's What's the next evolution of that for them? You just don't know, right? So that's, again, back to my point of, you cannot be a Zillow employee. You've got to get out of that mindset, and you got to say, "I've got to take control of my own lead gen, and I've got to take control of my own follow up, or I'm basically losing control of my business over the next five years." So I've got to take control, and I got to build my own systems uh, to do that.
0: Yeah, it's almost as if you know you're, you're you're going down the path of almost becoming a showing agent or like exactly a, like a like a redfin type, right? Of- where you're gonna do 50, 60, 70 transactions a year and, and maybe not crack
1: six figures of income. Right. That's exactly right. That's what that's what exactly it's like an Uber driver almost, you know? Who's making the money there? Uber. <laughs> you know, you're becoming like the next Uber driver kinda when when you're just kind of offloading all marketing to these to these big companies like this, these big giant tech companies. Another site so yeah, go ahead.
0: Are you steering like all of your agents or coaching students away from Zillow right now, or or, or? I,
1: my, with my my coaching students, I recommend uh, you you spend no more than ten percent of your marketing budget on Zillow. So if you got a marketing budget of hundred thousand dollars a year, which some of my my top teams and coaching students do, then you know spend ten thousand dollars on on Zillow. You know, just have have a small spend there, but not. 50%, not 60%, not all your marketing spend, we got to focus you in on what really is going to make the most money and have the best rate of return, which is, you know, sphere of influence marketing always. Um, and we do other things too. We have a lot of, a, we, we encourage definitely, their own a great website. We encourage Facebook marketing. We encourage your own Google ads. Uh, we, we talk about hyper local a lot. Clients, it's, there's, this has been studied a lot and people that are in the buyers that are out there, prefer to work with a, a local real estate company and a hyper-local agent that knows the neighborhood or that knows the city. And they will always trend towards that. But you've got, in order to compete, you got to have a great website. you got to have a great you know mobile app. And you've got to really, really deliver on those fronts and be visible. you got to be visible on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere else. Uh, so when but you, you combine those factors, you can still win. Like we win big uh, at my company by doing that, by being really hyper-local.
0: All right. So you said sphere of influence marketing is really big for for you for the, your agents, agents that you coach. What does that actually look like? are, are you know? Is it direct mail? Is it
1: gifting? Events? Like how do, how do you do it? So it's a mix of things. You know, you definitely got to hit people nine to twelve times a year, as we all know. And some people would argue that it's got to be even more than that, based on the you know bombardment of, of advertising messages we're seeing every day. So definitely events are going to be something that we do at least once a year. And this is a great time of year to do it. Not with your entire database, you know, just with your core people. I would call it your A's and B's, people sending you referrals or have done direct business with you. Um, you're going to invite them to that. And so that's a great, great event. One of my uh, friends, Janet, does a, a really fun event. Uh, she does a mixer, but she does it as a, plus, a mandatory plus one. And this is a great idea. She does it actually every month. And so, because it's her, one of our number one marketing tools. So she'll say as to her, her favorite people in her database, hey, we're having a mixer this month over at, and she'll have it at a brand new restaurant, brewery, whatever. Uh, but you have to bring uh, someone uh, that is one of your family or friends or something uh, to the event. So every month, and she buys drinks, by the way, she'll buy one drink and she'll buy appetizers for everyone. Then it's just kind of a networking event. But now she's meeting 20, 30, 40 people a month that she would not have met otherwise. So not only is she connecting with her sphere, uh, she's also building her database extremely rapidly with people that are socially, economically in the same strata as the person that's in her sphere already. It's, it's a brilliant idea, right? Uh, yeah, so that's, that my, idea. that's a great one. Yeah, it works. And then, you know, of course, uh, I, I've got an agent that works for me, uh, Steve Thomas, I just recruited him. Uh, $17 million in business in a second year. And I, I, when I first recruited him, I said, Steve, how did you do all this business? I mean, what was your secret? First of all, he doesn't have great social media. Uh, he doesn't have, uh, he's getting better since he's joined us, but not great. Didn't have a great website. He just did this through networking with his sphere. And so what he does is he makes 60 calls a week. So this is another part of the mix, right? Making calls. But when he's making these calls, he's identifying is this somebody I should go to, to coffee, dinner, drinks, lunch, breakfast with this week? And then d- during those calls, he's setting an appointment every single day. So he's doing uh, basically five networking meetings every week. And that led to $17 million in production the second year in the business. And if you just said, that's all my, my, all my spend right there, is just taking people to lunch, to coffee, dinner, drinks, it's going to be far more powerful than almost anything else you could possibly do. Uh, it's so effective. But another one is Renee Spawn, one of my agents, has what she calls her VIP club. Her VIP club is brilliant. And she does this. She'll, she goes and she says to the entire database, hey, I'm creating a VIP club uh, for people that send me a referral this year. So our VIPs are going to get invited to special events. They're going to get special gifts. It's going to be a real special, fun thing. Uh, so you know, please think of me when you have a referral. Then every time she gets a referral... Uh, she hand delivers a beautiful gift and takes a picture of it. Instagrams it, Facebooks it, puts that on social media. Just had another VIP join me. By, they, they, they did this by referring me to this client. Thank you so much. If you want to become a part of the VIP club, send me a referral. And then she'll do events for VIPs. So she'll have a special event again at, you know, she might buy 10 tickets to a concert and have a VIP section. I'm with the concert I'm at the concert with my VIPs you know we're having a great time wish you were here to become a part of my VIP club you know da, 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 da. so that's you know some of the things that we encourage is you know really getting creative and thinking about this but another thing that agents aren't doing which is really really important in terms of visibility is you've got to be using video you've got to be using video with your database and of course you've got Facebook and you've got Instagram if you really look at those those core audiences that you know you're friends with all of your sphere of influence should be a part of those audiences and that's one thing I coach to is is everybody that's in your sphere on your Instagram feed is everybody on your sphere on your Facebook Facebook feed and then you should be doing one to two videos a week to stay top of mind it's almost as good as you talking to them but you're doing it at scale you're talking to ten you know right not just ten people but a hundred people or a thousand people at scale uh, and that's huge
0: yeah I, I love all of those ideas the one common thing they have I think common thread and and sometimes this baffles me that, that people aren't doing more of it but it's they all they all pretty much don't cost you you know that much money. Very
1: no very little
0: a little bit of time like like the, the one agent you mentioned 17 million year two by having one meeting a day so that's probably like an hour or two of calling a day and an hour or two of meeting someone a day or, or right. not, not every day, but five five days a week. And that right. led to seventeen million dollars of volume, which is, you know, probably very, very high margin business form. So it's yeah. probably I'm I'm guessing netting like two fifty or or yeah. plus or minus. Yeah. I don't you know, but somewhere right. close. And if you know if if someone told you like, Hey, there's an industry where you go get a license in about a month, right? Take an online course or correspondence course, get your license in a month. And by year two, if you spend two hours a day on the phone and two hours a day meeting people, you'll make a quarter million dollars, which is going to put you <laughs> in the top one, 2% of all earners in, you know, in the, in the nation. Like pe- people wouldn't think it's real, but it is. And there's examples all the time. And it's, it's people that aren't natural born sales leaders and, 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 and you know, people that are just putting in the, the time and that and, and and not giving up because it you know, doesn't work the first week or month or two months.
1: Absolutely. That's it's so true. I mean, it's so true. I I like, you know, Gary V says, uh, Gary Vee says, put your head in the clouds and your nose in the dirt. This is just grind, you know, you're just grinding through it. And it's the interesting thing is here, we're not digging ditches. I mean, we're not really working that hard. Right. I mean, having having lunch with someone is pretty easy to do, right? Just having a conversation with people uh, is so easy to do. One of the things that agents sometimes struggle with when I'm coaching them is they, they sometimes struggle with how do I ask for a referral? I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the concept behind that? And I always say, you know, it's easier than you think because if they are, everybody wants something, right? If, if you're in business, you want more business. If you're a part of a charitable organization that you're passionate about, you want some help with supporting that. So I always say, lead with their need, lead with what's going on with their lives. You know, what, what can you do to help them? And if I'm sitting across the table from you, I'll say, hey, what's going on with you, man? What's, what's, what's new with you? What's going on with your business? I want to send you more referrals this year. I feel like I didn't send you enough last year. Uh, I want to send somebody to you. Who's your ideal client this year? Tell me about that. And I'll get into what's all about them. And the natural reciprocity of that will be, oh, well, you know, how can I help you? And so that, that's the conversation. You know, if you're helping people, they're going to start to help you. Uh, one measurement I give to all my coaching students is this. How many referrals did you personally send out last week? Did you send to other business owners, salespeople, entrepreneurs in your community? That inverse number is probably how many you received because almost everybody will say zero <laughs> and I'll say, well, here's your problem. If you want referrals, you got to start sending referrals. You have to be a referral machine and be somebody that's out there pushing, 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 always directing, always being the connection point and that will come back to you, Right. And that's such a missed opportunity for most agents.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's it's just like you said, putting your nose down in the dirt, grinding, becoming that hyperlocal expert and connector, uh, mm-hmm. so much value in that. And it's it's really, I mean, anyone can come in and, and, and do this and you're not, you know, we're not talking like five years, 10 years. This is like, no. be like a year two thing or, or even shorter, right? And right. Just not enough people get past like the first week or month or, or you know, take that first step and, and, and do what you said there.
1: Yeah. One other agent I just interviewed uh, who works uh, with my coaching plan, Sky, she's a great agent. Uh, she she does, uh, she has 125 people in her database, did $10 million last year and was 80% referral based of all that business. So sometimes agents will come in and they'll say, Jim, I, I yeah, those agents that are at the top, like $50, 60000000 million or even $10 million, they must have. 500 people, 1,000 people, 2,000 people in their database to generate those numbers, but that's not true. You can get a tremendous amount out of, out of a, even a small database if you're working it right, if you're working it properly. And so I, people that are brand new think, oh, i got to have this massive, massive database. Not true. You can you can create a lot of success even out of a small database.
0: All right, Jim, we got, we got to wrap up. But before I do, I want to do the, my, what we call the hyper-fast round. So i just going to ask you a couple questions. and. Sure. That's your best uh, rapid fire answer. Uh, okay. So, number one, what was the biggest challenge you overcame in your real estate career?
1: Uh, my biggest challenge, I started when I was 19. So, my biggest challenge was my age. And people have looked at me like, uh, you know, I was a little kid. <laughs> so, I had to overcome that. And the way I overcame it was uh, being really competent and really knowing the numbers of my market and really being the smartest person in the room when it came to the market statistics. Uh, Because if I could come across really uh, knowledgeable people, forgot my age. All right, what's the biggest mistake that you see uh, real estate agents make today? I think it's shiny object syndrome. They're always chasing some secret path, some secret magic bullet, instead of just you know buckling down and making contacts and doing the the hard work. You know, Uh, that's that that's the biggest challenge with agents. All right, best best piece of real estate
0: investment advice for real estate agents.
1: Oh, I, I can give you this. Uh, the best piece of advice I got years ago when I first got in the business, old uh, broker Sam Scardi. <laughs> he said, "Jim, the hardest way to to make a million dollars in this business is selling it. The easiest way to make a million dollars in this business is owning it." And I never ever forgot that. And so for me, I always coach all everybody that I talk to you need to buy one real estate investment every year, you're in the business. Uh, Statistically, you'll be a millionaire at at year 10. I mean, that's just a given fact. At year 20, you'll be a multimillionaire. Uh, But you've gotta be consistently buying one property a year.
0: And then are you coaching them to hold it or flip it?
1: No flippers, man. Buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold. You can flip another one if you want to, but you gotta buy one to hold. Gotcha.
0: All right, well, uh, this has been a great great show tons of great advice you know thank you so much you you offered you know just so many different things that that you. new agents experienced agents team owners brokers can learn from if people want to get in touch with you connect with you what's the best way for the, for them to do that
1: so the best way is to go to my coaching uh, website which is erealestatecoach.com erealestatecoach.com and when they hop over there, they're going to see we've got a ton of, of, of mastery classes. They can take one-off classes if they just want to take a class on open houses for sale by a sphere of influence, ton of classes. But if they want to get involved in weekly coaching uh, and become one of my coaching students, we have something called The Path, which is my coaching platform. That's uh, $97 a month, very expensive, one of the least expensive coaching platforms in the country. And they can do it for two weeks for free. So we give them 14 days to just jump on, try it, see if it works for them, uh, and they can experience it. Okay. So that was eRealEstateCoach.com.
0: Uh, e we'll put that in the uh, description on the YouTube version of this. And if, if you're Thank listening you. on podcasts, it'll be in the show notes. Thanks a lot, Jim. This has been Thank an you. amazing show